Listener Production. Is Australia embracing the power of robotics? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing. From healthcare to agriculture, robots are making a significant impact. But how does Australia's robotics sector compare to other countries? Today, I chat to Cosmos Magazine journalist Petra Stock about what's going on with robotics in Australia and what we can expect to see in the future. So Petra, robots. What even are robots by 2023 standards? Look, robots have come a long way. So listeners might be familiar with the Boston Dynamics dog-like robots, Mm -hmm. or they might even have a robot vacuum, you know, the ubiquitous Roomba at home right now cleaning their floors. Everyone can kind of picture a robot, but a lot of people might not be able to tell you the definition. Sure. And having spent a bit of time talking to people who research or work in robotics, actually this definition thing comes up a bit. It turns out the way different people define robots tends to involve three main things. Peter Cork from QUT says there's sensing the world, understanding and reasoning about it, and then moving. So take, for example, your series and Alexa's. They probably don't count because they're not really acting on the world. Sure. And really importantly, something like generative AI or chat GPT, that isn't a robot either. Well, not yet, because it's not embodied. It kind of lives online on your computer. Yeah. So a robot is really more than an AI, but it's still not sentient like us or like your pet dog or cat. Okay, so what are the conversations around robots? Sort of ethics, aspirations? There's a number of themes that come up whenever you mention robots. Firstly, people are heavily influenced in their thinking by science fiction entertainment. Sure. Secondly, people start worrying about losing their jobs. Okay. And these two things are sort of connected. The first thing to realize is that robots are generally nowhere near as advanced as, say, C-3PO from Star Wars. (laughs) We're talking about mechanical objects with some sort of sensing and movement capabilities with very different skills to people. Yeah. Experts like to talk about suitable robot jobs as being one of three Ds, which are dull, dirty, and dangerous. Okay. So a boring and repetitive job, packing fruit in a factory, that's dull. Robots can do those kind of relentless and often low-paid tasks very consistently. Yep. Or entering a dangerous underground mine shaft, that's a dangerous job for humans, but it's something robots can do well with their computer vision capability. Or work in an abattoir, which might meet all three criteria. Sure. But Peter Cork from QUT points out most of the time we're not talking about losing jobs, but actually better quality jobs. So people might be supervising robots rather than doing that hard physical labour themselves. Right. So freeing people up to do work that they might find more engaging. Exactly. There's this concept called Moravec's paradox. So in robotics, difficult is easy, 
and easy is difficult. Hmm. For example, most people, unless they're fluid mechanists like you, Sophie, <laughs> find complicated math equations hard, but might find something like hand-eye coordination easy. Sure. Whereas for robots, they find the maths easy and the physical coordination hard. Yep. Aside from all of that, robotics brings up a lot of other issues which we've talked about before here on the science briefing. Gender biases, privacy, trust, transparency, ethics, and so on. Okay, so that all makes sense. And Petra, you write a lot about robotics for Cosmos magazine. Can you tell me, is Australia a player in the global robotics game? Well, yes and no. Actually, this year, Australia is working towards its first national robotics strategy. And there's a lot of hope that this will lift and broaden our development and uptake of robotics. But we're far from the first country to pursue a strategy like this. Okay. It turns out Australia is really advanced in some niche areas. Field robotics is one, drones and particular sectors like ports and logistics, mining, agriculture. But overall, we're pretty behind. Mm-hmm. There's this thing called robot population density, which is a key industry metric for comparing different countries' uptake of robotics. It's a measure of the number of industrial robots per 10,000 employees. Mm -hmm. So in Australia, our robot population density is 75. So 75 robots employed, if you like, for every 10,000 workers. Sure. Now, if you look at leading countries like Singapore or South Korea, they're sitting on around 900 to 1,000. Wow. So a bit more than 75. Yes. Those countries all have these robotic strategies and a really clear vision and also funding to drive development and research, which is why the Australian government is now working on our own strategy. Yep. But that's not to say there isn't some pretty incredible robotics being developed in Australia. For one, one of the founders of everyone's fave robot, Roomba, Mm -hmm. Rodney Brooks, he actually grew up in Adelaide. (gasps) Petra, I actually grew up in Adelaide. There you go. Me too. That's (laughs) exciting. Maybe we could have been friends with Rodney Brooks. Maybe Rodney Brooks would still want to be our friend. (laughs) So, Petra, can you tell me about some of these robots you've encountered? Yeah, I have a few fave examples I've reported on that I want to take you through. Mm -hmm. The first one is a firefighting robot called Rory, which was made by Queensland company BIA5. Mm -hmm. Rory was commissioned by mining giant Rio Tinto to solve a problem of theirs. Whenever a fire broke out at the mine, they would have to shut down their entire operation and evacuate everyone for up to 24 hours. Okay. Often leading to, you know, a loss of equipment and time, which for a mine site means huge expense. Sure. And that's where Rory comes in. Rory, which is actually short for Remotely Operated Rescue Initiative, is this little red firefighting robot that looks a little bit like a small tank. Cute. 
And the robot can basically drag a fire hose hundreds of meters and then start pointing it at the fire in a really short space of time. In Australia, of course, we know firefighting is both super important and highly dangerous. Mm -hmm. Remember, that was one of the Ds. So it seems like a really useful application of robotics and something that could hold a lot of value, even beyond the mining industry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think about Australia, we're on fire a lot of the time and just having something like this seems huge. That's very cool, Petra. What else? Well, another fruitful application of this technology is in agriculture, a sector that's really significant for Australian exports, but relies a lot on itinerant or seasonal low-wage workforce for things like fruit picking and packing. And if farmers can't access workers at the right time, like during COVID, for example, Mm -hmm. that can threaten the harvest and lead to loss of crops or food waste. Yeah. So that's where Lyro comes in. Lyro is a robotics company based in Queensland and Victoria, and they develop robots that use computer vision and deep learning to basically replace repetitive, labour-intensive tasks like packing fresh fruit and vegetables. Everything from pineapples to avocados to, you know, punnets of berries. Yeah. And this robot kind of looks more like a big claw machine that you'd find in an arcade. So it has this big arm and a little conveyor belt And it's not only able to pack the fruits into containers, but also sort through to make sure only the good quality fruit is being packed. For sure. And I, okay, Petra, I'm just going to say that all the robots you've told me about so far are very cool, right? We've got the claw hand that sorts fruit, puts stuff in punnets. We've got the cute little red firefighting robot truck. What about the more mundane robots? You know, ones that you sort of see out and about just doing boring stuff. Yeah, so we've seen since COVID huge increases in things like robot butlers, cleaners, security and delivery robots, as more and more companies have utilised robots to assist them. Mm -hmm. Something that was popular in quarantine hotels, for example, were these little food delivery robots, which basically take food to people's room without the risk of infection between two humans. And a restaurant in Melbourne, Matsumoto, they say they purchased a couple of robot waiters, (laughs) which are really cute. They have these little animated faces that look like cats. Oh. (laughs) And they take food from the kitchen to your table. Mm -hmm. The restaurant says they purchase these robots because of labour shortages and also to help them service a massive increase in food delivery orders. Sure. And they've kept them on ever since. So these robots are basically ferrying food from the kitchen. Oh, and they can also sing you happy birthday. (laughs) Oh, cute. We know too that retail stores like Kmart have been deploying robots for stock take. But here again, we sometimes confront issues like trust and worries about robots taking jobs away from employees. The fact of the matter is the robots are doing work that was once done by humans, which might at first sound bad, 
But ultimately, the kind of work they're doing falls into one of these three Ds that we mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. dull, dirty, or dangerous. So there's a real opportunity that by getting robots to do this kind of work, that might free us up as humans to do something that's more fulfilling or stimulating. Mm -hmm. One thing that's really important to note here is that Work in robotics is not just about people from science, maths, and engineering. Andra Kier, who's the managing director of Silicon Valley Robotics, she says the sector needs all kinds of different skills. So creative people, sales, quality assurance, programming, trades, and technical roles. And as she describes it, sometimes they even need someone who can train a robot by throwing boxes at it for the summer. That sounds like a really fun job. (laughs) So Petra, is there anywhere in Australia I can go right now and see a robot? So many places. If you are visiting someone in an aged care home, you might even come across Paro, which is a very cute and cuddly robotic seal that has just been approved by the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. That's a robot made specifically to help patients who are suffering from things like dementia. Mm -hmm. If you're in Melbourne later this year, go down to the NGV to see robotic dogs painting as part of the triennial. What? Yes. It's going to be cool. And once the Australian government has released its final version of the robotic strategy later this year, who knows, we might even start seeing more. Petra Stock is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Petra's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Bonnie Lavelle. Mixing by Dave Stein. And I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time. Robots.